0: This episode of the Asians Represent podcast is brought to you by our amazing Patreon supporters and subscribers on Twitch. Uh, Thanks to their support, we're able to take all of this extra audio from the past season of the Asians Represent podcasts, so that's episodes 35 to 45, and return them to our public podcast feed. Moving forward in 2022, thanks to their support, we'll be able to do monthly drops of Asians Represent episodes onto this feed. We're super excited. Now, if you are a patron of the podcast, don't worry. Our extended feed will continue and our behind the scenes look at Dungeons into Asians, no dice, no problem, will still be a Patreon exclusive. That said, we are so excited for everyone to be able to access this episode in audio format. Uh, It's been quite a journey and quite a transformation of Asians represent. We are constantly evolving and we are so glad that our community is growing and here for this journey with us. That said, let's get to the episode.
1: Okay, hello and welcome to Asians Represent. Today we're doing an episode on mixed race representation in fantasy and D&D. Um, you may have noticed that I am not Daniel Kwan. Um, my name is Iza and my pronouns are she, her. Um, I've done some streams with Asians Represent before. You may know me from Critical Read al and the recent Language of Clothing episode. Um, I'm a designer for performance, cosplayer, content creator, RPG streamer, and most importantly, the proud owner of Daniel Kwan's favorite Twitter handle, Evil Clever Dog. <laughs> Um, and I'm very excited to be hosting this panel on mixed race representation. Um, my own background is, um, Spanish, Pakistani, Syrian, Polish, Ashkenazi, Jewish, and Moroccan Sephardic Jewish, and even more if you go, uh, just a little bit back. Um, And before we get into the meat of the panel, I'm going to let all these amazing panelists who I've got here introduce themselves. Um, I am going to just go through the order in the Zoom call. So first up, uh, we have Jeremy Pixel Grotto.
2: Hi. Yeah, my name is Jeremy. Um, Those of you familiar with Asians Represent probably saw me on the uh, Asians Read uh, Legend of the Five Rings videos, along with Emma. I am also on a couple of the wrap-up videos, and I chimed in most recently to talk about monks in D&D. Uh, I do some freelance writing and blogging about both tabletop RPGs and video games. Uh, recently, I've been doing a lot of stuff for D&D Beyond. You might have read my articles on there. And um, my exact racial breakup is my mother is Taiwanese, uh, and my father is Jewish American. His family... Um, kind of from what was previously Yugoslavia and Poland. And technically my mom had to convert to marry my dad. So I guess you would say I'm Jewish and also
3: Taiwanese.
1: Cool. And next up is Legal Kimchi.
3: Hey, uh, I'm Legal Kimchi. I am a YouTuber who does video essays on issues in and around the TTRPG space. Um, Recently, I did one on metagaming before that bioessentialism. I've also done it on being mixed race um as well uh i also stream on twitch on tuesdays and saturday nights at 9 30 central time here in the u.s uh where i usually have a guest from the ttrpg community and discuss various issues with them usually of their choosing and kind of deep dive into that sort of stuff so if you like thinking too much about ttrpg topics uh come check me out i'm legal kimchi everywhere youtube.com slash legal kimchi twitch.tv slash legal kimchi or at legal kimchi uh on twitter my own background is uh my mother is Korean, uh, my father is Puerto Rican, and I have a uh, Spanish background as well, uh, like from Spain. So um, as if you go further back, there's, there's probably uh, some other things sprinkled in there, but um, those, are, those are my main ones. <laughs>
4: <laughs> and Sonia? Hi, everybody. I'm Sonia. Um, I go by Sony Baloney Art across all social media. Uh, this is actually my first time being on Asian Represent. So uh, your girl's a little bit nervous. <laughs> yes. I am a character designer and illustrator, mainly for things in the TTRPG sphere, while I try to break an animation here in Los Angeles. Um, you can find my stuff in Unbreakable Anthology. Um, um let's see uh yeah revolution is out now and you can find my art in there as well as pathways and volumes two and three which are coming out i'm the illustrator on a quest rpg adventure called bon appetit which is where you and your adventuring party have to find um help a pair of skeleton husbands prepare their um prepare for their 1,000-year anniversary dinner, which is really, really cute. (laughs) Um, I'm also on the Uncaged Goddesses uh, art team, which is like the final book in the Uncaged thing. I did the 2022 Baby Bestiary calendar, which is up on Kickstarter, and a bunch of other stuff. If I keep talking, it's just going to go forever. (laughs) Um, And in terms of my background, I am Filipino, Polynesian, Black, Hakka Chinese, and Ashkenazi Jewish.
1: Uh, fantastic and emma
5: yeah so yeah i'm emma uh on twitter i am a starchyologist so i am a an archaeologist i work and do my research in northern japan and have i still say recently wandered into the ttrpg you know space and place and um I do some cultural consultation as well as sensitivity reading for Japanese history, uh, culture, and society related things. I also teach about East Asian pop culture and representation in Western pop culture. Uh, and yeah, no big surprise, I am mixed Japanese. My, <laughs> the rest of my family is primarily uh, English. And I am mixed generation as well, so I don't know if we're going to talk about generation, but for the Japanese community, uh, diaspora generation is like kind of something people like to talk about. And I'm like, I don't know. (laughs) Mixed generation.
1: I mean, that could certainly come up. Um, We have a myriad of topics we want to discuss and we'll see how many of them we get through. (laughs) Yeah. We're all very eager. (laughs) Um, so, yeah, just to give like a brief sort of introduction to the topic and like why why we're here, why we're doing this panel um, and why we have all these amazing people who I'm super excited to get to talk to here. Um, recently, uh, I realized and then approached Daniel with the fact that I wanted to create some sort of discussion or panel uh, focusing on the mixed race experience and our representation uh, representation in TTRPGs and genre fiction in general, um, out of a growing feeling that the extent of the issues with depictions of mixed race characters uh, had so much more to pick apart and discuss than is often the case. Um, as a mixed race person of colour, when I started playing D and and TTRPGs in twenty nineteen, so I'm also a recent <laughs> recent addition. <laughs> um, I was immediately struck by just how poorly served people like me or like us are by D&D. And I immediately began editing lore and homebrewing my own races to feel better represented before I even knew how to play the game properly. Um, But even despite my own efforts to alter aspects of D&D into a game where I felt I could be better represented and felt safer to explore those themes. I still encountered a lot of hurtful and harmful depictions and co-opting of mixed race narratives from uh, others that I was playing with uh, from the space at large. Um, But that wasn't the first time, obviously, that I've encountered this problem, because the breadth of the mixed race experience rarely gets represented in fiction. Uh, In fantasy and sci-fi, and therefore in TTRPGs, when mixed race characters are depicted, it usually isn't in a way that actually represents mixed race people. because more often than not, our representation representation comes in the form of half-human hybrids, a trope I'm sure we'll discuss in great detail later in this panel. Um, these characters are humans mixed with aliens or fantasy races or monstrous creatures, often at the cause of harm, distress or ostracization for the mixed race character. Um, often these characters or the human side of them will be white or portrayed by a white actor, Yet this often seems to be our main form of representation in place of depicting mixed race human characters. So in Star Trek, for example, there are myriad examples of half human, half alien or mixed alien characters like Spock, B'Elanna, Troy, Naomi Wildman, Zial, uh, but comparatively almost no mixed race human characters despite the setting depicting this post-racial future where humans have the ability to travel all over the earth in the blink of an eye. And despite that, the existence of mixed race people is lacking in this utopian future. And then we come to the fantasy genre with its own numerous issues uh, with depictions of race. But in d and in particular, what I found is that on top of the usual harmful tropes and depictions is the fact that forms of being mixed race are turned into game mechanics for anyone to directly engage with. So you have playable half races with lore full of tired and uncomfortable stereotypes and creatures that are so mixed race, they've become deformed language used to degrade mixed race people is rampant in the uh, depictions and descriptions of these races Uh, and the mechanization of being mixed race encourages players of any background to potentially tell a story about being mixed race but the foundation upon which that's they will be basing that story is full of harmful language stereotypes and tropes so that's part of what we want to discuss today to give a space for mixed race voices from different backgrounds to speak on what the world has been told is supposedly representative of us, uh, which is why I'm so excited to have all these wonderful people here from so many different backgrounds to learn from all of their experiences. But I also hope that this panel can provide some insight on the mixed experience and harmful depictions of us uh, for non mixed people as well. So given how huge this topic is and how clearly distilled these issues become in D&D, um, I think choosing to first approach this topic through that lens of DND um, is is a good starting point but that doesn't mean we're limiting ourselves to only talking about DND or TTRPGs um, because obviously these tropes didn't spawn from nowhere um, but I think discussing the various depictions of the mixed races in D;D would be a good starting point. Um, And we've compiled like a little list, which I'm sure isn't conclusive, um, like of every single uh, option that there is. But we have like half orcs and half elves, Genasi, Tieflings, Asimar, Dampirs and mongrel folk. Um, And (laughs) I think it might be good to start with. We'll get to them. We'll get to them. (laughs) Um, But I think given that they're the sort of poster children for this topic in D&D, starting with the half orcs and half elves might be might be a good starting point. Um, and I've already been talking for a while now, so I'd love to hand hand it over to one of my fellow panelists um, to discuss sort of the the background of half orcs and half-elves and the different ways in which they're coded and the depiction of being mixed race that comes along with them. If anyone would love to volunteer, Ooh. or I can pick someone. Well, it's <laughs> kind oh, no! Of
3: because Classroom tactics. You start from... Uh, the depiction of orcs themselves i'm going to tackle the half orc for a second uh, you, you start from the position, depiction of orcs themselves which have been discussed beforehand as going back to the tolkien-esque explanation of it as being mongols mongolians okay that was the very explicit it wasn't even hidden he said it outright this was the basis for what he uh created the orcs from okay then if you look at that description and then you look at the half orc description from original dnd okay you're talking about one almost universally a child of sexual assault
1: mm-hmm.
3: okay so that that's not a fun way to begin life
1: nope. um
3: and two it actually gets into aside from the language which we'll get into in a, in a bit i'm sure it gets into like of them are of this higher stock which is more human than orc and that starts getting into well if you have a parent here and a parent here and you're going to start talking about percentiles and that and the name itself of half orc gets into blood quantums which is fractionalization or percentages of your culture and segmenting it off and I've I've been vocal about this uh, all over the place but Blood quantums of that nature are designed explicitly and solely for discrimination. And it's not just discrimination from like a white majority, but it's also discrimination from the POC group to exclude people from their group. Okay. Because anytime that, uh, and I'm sure everybody here has had a conversation like this, where you're talking to someone from a group that you are a part of, like I'm talking to a Korean person or a Latin A person. And I say, "Well, I'm Korean," and then they get the response, "Well, you're half."
4: Ah! <laughs> ah, too <Yeah>. real. <laughs> um, like, which... are you? Are you really? Are you really though? Like,
3: uh, uh. <laughs> so I mean, there's so much loaded language in that, um, from like the blood quantums, from talking about which presents more like anybody who's ever felt the oh like this is a real world story my grandfather after meeting him for since 30 years i hadn't seen him in 30 years i meet him again and he's like oh you seem pretty korean like what did what what <laughs> like oh, i i at a lot i just this is so frustrating because like he intended that as a compliment <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to take over the whole conversation, but the, the, the feelings that I get from from talking about just the very basics of it and how it's presented.
1: Mm. Like yeah. even the fact that they are called the half orcs. And it's just left your imagination that the other half is human, but the other half is intended to be human. Yeah. Um, which but, is the white Yeah, it, it.
3: It's only the half of the other, the half mm. of the exotic that matters. Mm. I mean, um, there are even, and, and this is a discussion that I'd be interested in uh, some of your opinions on. There's even a discussion within the mixed race community with regards to mixed POC individuals like myself, who are two different POC groups mixed, um, or predominantly two or three mixed, uh, POC groups that are mixed, versus the quote white mix, and and that, and it, it it's it's it harkens back to um, people. Who are in the mixed community who who refer to themselves and have to refer to themselves because this is the way the communication works with folks well i'm half this or i'm mixed this and the other is the assumed white you know Mm. um and i mean i've actually had communication from mixed people who are like well we shouldn't include them in the conversation They they don't really know what it's like and it's like we get excluded from all the conversations. Why are you trying to exclude people mm. who are in our group? We're gatekeeping our own
4: gate kept community. Exactly. <laughs> yeah.
2: So I, I think the interesting thing is I've never really felt the urge to play one of the uh, so-called half races in d and I mean, when I first opened the fifth edition book and was looking at the descriptions of half elves and half orcs, I was very like, eh. like that, that, that was my, that was my feeling. Um, and as far as half orcs go, you know, if you, if historically you look back on older editions of D and D, they were really there to be like, okay, you want to be a bad guy, but you also want to be good. Well, you can be a half orc, and it's uh, it, that has been retconned and tweaked a lot over the various editions of D and D. But it, it's still there um, to to a large extent. And you know, if you read the language that makes up the fifth edition handbook, there's a lot of you know telltale's. Uh, telltale signs of how, like, okay, these half-orcs, their orc ancestry is uh, more predominant, um, yet it is tempered by their human, uh typically white human ancestry. So they have things like, you know, when they lose all their hit points and go down to zero, they get back up at one because they've got the uh, so-called, you know, savage orc, savage orc t- durability and whatnot. Um, however, you know, they are capable of forming relationships with other individuals like a human so you you very much have this kind of veneer of okay you are born from a race that is cloaked in um what earlier editions of the game which is flat out called like savagery and barbarism or whatever however you are tempered you're one of the good ones because of human blood or you can choose to be one of the good ones because of human blood and so D is moving away from that um but it's still there and it's been there it's been there in various uh, fantasy games derived from D and D. You know, mm-hmm. Pathfinder uh, flat out said at one point that like half orcs get the worst of both worlds, um, in that humans don't really like them because they look too orcish, and orcs don't like them because they're too humanesque. Uh, which actually resonated to me to an extent in that that was an experience that I often felt for my entire life. But still, you know, the mechanics when you get really down into the the gritty nature of okay. Um, all the stuff I do is, you know, emblematic of my unbridled orc wildness. It's it's really not great. Not great. Um, I will say that if I had to pick between half orcs and half elves, I probably would pick half orcs because I don't like half elves for a different reason, and that they're the opposite end of the spectrum. In that, if half orcs are this, you know, unbridled um, wildness, half elves are kind of the the fetishized, you know, beauty of what happens when. A typically Caucasian person and the 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 glorious elf Mary, and Ugh. you create this like idealized hybrid that manages to walk through life with an ethereal beauty you know trapped between worlds,
4: yeah and i want to. You...
2: Oh, yeah, sure. Go ahead. You no,
4: know, it just reminds me that kind of talk reminds me of something that I've just heard, and probably maybe a lot of you have heard throughout your life, where people will talk about, oh, but yeah. you're, I love half Asian babies. They're so cute. Mixed race or, babies. Mixed race babies. Yeah. And just like, and, and these is, are children, not designer bags. Mixed race is babies is a
1: huge tag that. on Instagram.
4: No. Yeah. Oh, my God. Like that.
1: the fetishization of mixed race babies is like this huge. Thing, to the point right. that there is a massive tag on Instagram just for that. They do yeah. know those oh, grow hurts. up to be hurts. mixed
5: race adults that, hurts. that then have a lot of things to say. Yeah. That yeah.
2: <laughs> but that is the reason why I actually dis me personally, and not everybody's like it, but not everybody's like this, but why I dislike half elves a little bit more because they remind me of, um, you know. For most of my life I grew up, I didn't really know who I was. Like I'm sure that's a shared experience amongst a lot of mixed race people. And I, you know, I thought I was ugly or I, I went through that weird experience where you're mixed race, where you're like in your teens and you're growing like everyone else and you hit puberty and you just look, you know, you look different and people will often point it out. Um, and then suddenly I remember hitting a point in high school and college where, you know, people were talking about like mixed race babies and I knew people um, in my friend circle, um, of Asian descent, who are like, oh, I want a white boyfriend so I can have a mixed race baby, or I want a you know, a white girlfriend so I can have a beautiful kid. And it's, I really did not like hearing that. And half elves remind me of that personally.
1: I can, I can see that they're definitely yeah. the more, the more like European coded, exotic, beautiful coded of the two,
4: the loftier um, of the two.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, I'm always so struck by the differences in the way the half orcs and half elves are presented Mm -hmm. um with this the bias against the more racially coded characters which would be the half orcs um so like yeah the half elves are more european coded they are granted a longer lifespan it talks about their beauty and their ability to use their mixed heritage to gain like diplomatic advantage gaining a charisma bonus to reflect that and then there's the half orcs who are the more racialized and are depicted more as like battling with the brutish evil orc side of their heritage and they have shorter lifespans than humans it, it flat out
2: says that a lot of half orcs fall into menial labor like book. Yeah. Yeah. that's what it yeah. says yeah or like they fight in 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 gladiatorial arenas whereas the half elves are the ones that get to be diplomats and negotiate peace between two worlds and something about that really bothers me yeah well it's the
5: two two major tropes of mixed race right like you got the aberration and then the hybrid vigor garbage yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) it's like the the worst of two worlds and then the best of two worlds it's like great yeah i wonder how
3: much of that comes into uh the idea that half elves as they're depicted in in the book and literature and stuff like that um can basically pass yeah whereas half orcs can't yeah
5: Um, yeah and that was something like i don't know so much about all of the different races in dnd so i did like a quick search and read up on a general description of how to handle like the mechanics and character backgrounds and things for mixed race characters and it was yeah talking about percentages well if they have like three parents that are from a particular race then they count entirely as that race i'm like no that's not how that works <laughs> and like that the, sounds very uncomfortably like something I've heard yeah. in real life. And yeah. So the whole article is about what counts as what based on what the term you're using before like blood quantum, hmm. which Daniel pointed out in our notes and I was thinking too. I'm mostly familiar with the term blood quantum when it comes to the like legal classification of indigenous peoples in North America, mm-hmm. where well, it actually legally determines who you are and your position within the country
3: yeah it was also um blood quantums have that and and are still in place today there uh you would have also seen blood quantums historically in a legal sense um when talking about things like the one drop rule and mixed race uh marriages which were illegal at a time in this country for a very long time uh until the loving v georgia I'm yeah, a I lawyer. Think, I should know yeah, this. I think it's, uh, <laughs> but uh, which is why I still celebrate Loving Day. Um, which is a phenomenally named day. But, uh, but yeah, it was. It it's been blood quantum's are still enacted in when discussing American indigenous status. But, uh, it has a long legal history that uh, that basically goes to the beginning of the country. Yeah, it's Loving Day, yeah. Georgia. You're right.
5: Hmm. Yeah. So yeah, there's not just like a social aspect to this uh yeah, there is legal and it's really hard not to take some of that when looking at D&D stuff or fantasy stuff to be like hold on it's not just like ew you don't belong here or yeah I don't know what to do with you because you're not from a single background like
3: yeah, And and yeah. when dealing with that, because, you know, we hearken on what the books say and how the rules format it and the mechanics of it, because as, um, as we were pointing out earlier, there are a lot of people out there who are not of mixed status, who don't understand the life experience of that. And what they're going to base it on are tropes in media and the mechanics of the book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I can see a circumstance where somebody reads the whole, if you have three out of the four grandparents type thing. Okay. And creating, Oh, wouldn't it be a dramatic situation if, and then creating some sort of blood quantum elven kingdom that this person is not accepted into and thinking, Ooh, this would be fun and cool and interesting. And like one of us sitting there going, I'm, trying yep. not to slap you right now yeah you're yeah. fully sitting at the table
4: and you're like really in front of my salad we're playing this
3: <laughs> is this what we're yeah, gonna do
4: we have to sit through a negaverse phil collins song of two worlds no family i'm doing this okay
3: <laughs> sorry I mean, enough, enough,
2: another whole interesting thing uh, specifically about D D, is the fact that just Half orcs and half elves are listed as separate races in the player's Mm -hmm. handbook which is it has been the tradition for D&D for a long time but uh if you delve a little bit further into that it's always typically a human and an orc or a human and an elf Mm -hmm. you know you don't really see dwarven and orc uh, babies or halfling and elf babies and, you know, previous editions of, the, of, of D&D, like Dark Sun had half dwarves, and, uh, but but really it's half elf and half orc have been the thing. The and It's always one. human, um, yeah. which is, is, is actually just very limiting, not just from a lore perspective, but from a human perspective. Because if you go to Reddit, there are all these threads being like, well, what happens when, like, a tiefling and an orc fall in love and have a baby? And people are, like, jumping through hoops. Yeah. Um, just being like well humans have you know more sex so therefore they're they're, they're the ones who are going oh to who are going to make half orcs half babies hmm?
1: the people, people that say that yeah you're, you're right it it's it's,
3: yeah. oh. it's it's humans are desirable humans are mm-hmm. coded yeah. as the lights mm. humans are more desirable the yeah. other mixes the other the the other cultures, because they're coded as exotic or not as desirable
2: mm-hmm
3: so what like why would you want to get with a dwarf woman that doesn't make any sense in my you know i mean the thing
2: theory. is my my fir- my first dD character was a ranger a human ranger who fell in love with a dwarf so there we go right there that was my yeah, like first I'm- thing i'm going to well, challenge
1: yeah, so the thing this. is we're we're limited by not only the depiction but also like the act of mechanizing being mixed race so that you yeah. do have a a category for half orc where the other half is human and a category for half elf where the other half is again presumed to be human but you don't have the tools with which to create, um, you know, uh, a tiefling genasi or uh, a halfling dwarf or something like that. You don't, yeah. you, you, when you sort of quantify it in one realm, that means therefore it's limited in all the other uh, areas of the game. And then you get these very uncomfortable <laughs> conversations going on about, like, how do we, how do we, uh, like, portray through stats and mechanics and numbers the act of being the, the identity of being mixed race. And that's only uh, sort of uh, a lot of the time uh, accounting for sort of a, a half and half to use the language uh, mixture of like a half orc, implying that mixed race people are always half one thing, half another thing, um, which is not the case, as we can see from the diversity of people on this panel alone um and then you get other another race i find very interesting personally in dnd are the genasi Ooh. um because when <laughs> um me and sonia always there repping the genasi <laughs> um because i remember when i was reading the half Orcs and the half-elves and being very disappointed by what they offered um in terms of theming and uncomfortable narratives around them and stuff i then later on found the genasi which firstly are sort of um the influence for them comes from like one of my own cultural backgrounds whether or not they handle that well is another matter but the fact is that that was there so i was drawn to it for that reason but also because they are described with a lot of the language used around a mixed race character but they are not a half genie they are a Janassi. they are their own thing and within that there are different subgroups which to me And I'm not saying that Wizards of the Coast intended this at all. It's something that I read into it, but I often play it as this idea that all Genasi are united in being Genasi, but there are the different sort of elements of like air, fire, water and earth, um, which have their own differences, just like no two mixed race people are necessarily have exactly the same background, but they are united in being mixed race. And that was Mm -hmm. something that I always sort of read into it um, and really enjoy playing them for that reason. Uh, within the right spaces <laughs> where the story will be treated well
4: <laughs> yeah because i play also like if you follow me on twitter everybody knows that i one of my favorite characters is my uh, rowdy rowdy ergenassi and like usually when i tackle like creating a character in dnd my default is to i'm going to ignore that racial background blurb on dnd beyond because i know that is just a veritable minefield of uh, dnd canon i don't know her <laughs> um, <laughs> so uh, when i actually went back and read the stuff about the genassi i was just like oh wait a second this is very like something like it's not all good and it's not necessarily like all on point but there is like a lot of like language that is used that often like you know is indicative of like what i feel is like a like kind of common thing within like the mixed race experience and i was very actually kind of surprised by that and like um my fellow player who plays my uh, genasi's twin brother he suggested it but then i also realized like i'm very drawn to like that kind of like character type and then i kind of dug in like oh yeah, that checks out mm-hmm. <laughs> as opposed to like half orcs or half elves because I remember like the first time I did my first like stint of a and d was back in like 2009 or something like that. I don't remember what edition that was, but I was reading the book and I remember specifically reading the thing about half elves and how they are half breeds that come from one, two different worlds, but are loved by none. Again, like the Negaverse Phil Collins song or whatever. And I just remember as a child reading so many books about like with like language, like half breed and they're unwanted that I remember I the one time I played a half elf. Um, I actually went out of my way in my handwritten backstories. Like, she is not discriminated because she is a half-elf. She is looked weirdly because she is a cleric of the Raven Queen, and people don't think that she's gonna heal them. That's <laughs> fair, like that. That's fair. <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, yeah. How, how's that gonna work? But yeah, like I would go out of my way to deliberately like avoid those um negative stereotypes or just like the common tropes, just because while my life is rich and there are many other things like happening in it, those little bits of just like being called like a half breed or just like not being Mm -hmm. accepted by any of the communities I come from. It's just such a, not a a major point of pain, but rather just like a stack of minor annoyances that lead to a quarterly identity crisis. Um, But like, I just wanted to avoid that it's just like why do i want to bring this into my fantasy world i'm here to have fun not to relive my own personal trauma which makes it very difficult because because of the addition of like you know half orcs and half elves it gives white people some kind of a boldness to uh feel like they can play into the tragic mulatto tropes and meanwhile you're sitting there like this is really happening or in my case it kind of so i'm gonna like it kind of gives like as if some people weren't bold enough to talk about issues that they don't know anything about it gives sometimes white players the boldness to speak on mixed race term mixed race issues that they know nothing about like so going back to like me going through my quarterly I- quarterly year identity crisis um people that know me on twitter mainly i know post i post art or ttrpg stuff at one point i started doing like a twitter uh, stream of consciousness thread about me being mixed race and how I feel like I don't belong to any um, particular culture despite the fact that I want to connect with these different cultures the fact that my friends are like, hey, Sonia, you should try for this like, you know, black, um, like black character designer thing that Cartoon Network's doing. And I quietly say thank you. And I put it aside because I feel like I do not belong in that community or that I'm taking up valuable space. And just kind of going through like, oh, I feel like I'm appropriating my own cultures and all that stuff. And then this one person, this one white guy who did not even follow me, and I'm not talking about tabletop at all in this space, had the boldness to come up and say, well, think of it in the way of half elves. I'm like, first of all, one, who are you? Second of all, this is not about tabletop. This is not the time to be bringing up tabletop mechanics to a mixed race person that's going through something like this right now. And again, three, who are you to speak on this?
1: Yeah and to just like compare someone's real life experience to a work of fiction yeah. that wasn't created by mixed race people <laughs> yeah just like yeah. That wasn't that wasn't oh uh, and Jesus. yeah i've experienced exactly the same like uh, just to speak in solidarity from i've experienced exactly the same thing of like uh, over here we have the term bame which i hate for ugh, black and minority ethnic it's like oh people don't like that term being used as like a generalization for all people of color over here but it's what you what's used in a lot of things like application grants for arts funding and stuff like that um and yeah i once uh was told about like a uh a theater um like arts application grant thing uh that was specifically for bame people by a friend of mine uh who's also a person of color but not mixed race and was told you could probably try applying for this, but you might not be BAME enough, though.
4: Ooh, it... no. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> <clears> oh, <throat> no.
1: So yeah, that's the kind of language that's used a lot, and also the kind of language that ends up in these <laughs> D D character descriptions race yeah. descriptions
4: of and like then,
1: they're stuck between two worlds they don't count in either yeah and like it's just
4: it gives also them like white people the boldness to play within these spaces alongside of us like so like say for instance i'm playing at a table and i don't want that particular narrative to be explored because again it is my it's fantasy why would i want to bring in my real life trauma but sometimes people <clears throat> who are not mixed or white people feel like oh it's like <coughs> sad backstory seasoning or something like yeah. that like they yeah. just salt bay the mixed race thing in to like say, like, oh yeah so they lost their parents they have great loss they were picked on as a kid how can i make them sadder let's add mixed race into the mix which is just like oh is that how you see us in particular is just tragic that back- like again sad yeah. backstory seasoning tragic yeah. backstory and, and, yeah and- oh. oh sorry
3: Go ahead, Emma.
5: (laughs) Oh, I can can see how people would be drawn to it in terms of that sense of being an outsider, but what should be coming out of this panel is that there's so much more to it to the people who actually are labeled as mixed race outside of fantastical settings Mm -hmm. and some of the language that's used to talk about it. What strikes me is that it's always considered odd that any kind of mixed raceness is just odd and like that's something that we have in the real world despite the fact that there are millions of mixed race people
4: yeah like when i tell people yeah like (laughs) when i tell people the full laundry list of what i am as opposed to just going I'm just going to say I'm Filipino because this is going to make your head pop if I tell you the full thing. <laughs> yeah. um, but like they immediately, their f- next question oftentimes is, how did that happen? How does that yeah. happen?
2: Oh my God. I mean, have you guys ever gotten somebody just straight up ask you, what are you? Yes.
5: What are you? Where people are you from? To guess. <laughs> yeah.
4: yeah.
1: My Especially... favorite is when it's a man hitting on me in a bar and they think it's like, a compliment to hit on mm. a mixed race woman and be like what are you you're so exotic i'm just like no. <gasps> and I'm just, i leave now <laughs> the interesting thing
2: is how this affects us personally like when people i used to used to ask me what are you in college i would take it as a compliment because i would think that i like fit into the um the like ethnic the the exotic ethnic other like i can't easily place you therefore i'm talking to you therefore i'm striking up a conversation with you and therefore mm-hmm. i think like you're attractive like it is like these things do i think affect us in a, in a not so good way in mm-hmm. that i was um kim you talked about in our chat how we tend to quantify ourselves as mixed race people we get very used to saying i am like 50 white or like i am 50 black or you know i am 35 percent asian and stuff like that yeah you roll up with
4: ancestry.com yeah you break
2: yourself up into these different categories and for some of my life i was kind of proud of doing that because i felt like this made me more special or more interesting when in reality i think i was kind of just feeding kind of other people's fascination with you know me being different and me being unexplainable which i don't think is a great that's not a great way to perceive people as individuals you're just obsessed with the idea that oh how did your mom meet your dad or like how did you know your how do your families get together at weddings and stuff like that you're not actually like interested in a person as an individual you're kind of just interested in the strangeness of them yeah Um, the the, the fascination which i think unfortunately you know half elves and half orcs in in the game embody yeah. very much so
3: and yeah. and can we talk about how the the idea of being mixed is a tragedy
2: yeah which, yeah exactly which seems exactly.
3: like an it, it seems like a wild concept to me because i would either, either a tragedy
2: or like a or like a like a,
3: a crazy occurrence like how like yeah. how did that once happen? in a millennia hmm. yeah there, yeah
4: <laughs> it has to be
3: foretold by prophecy but yeah. um you know it, it's kind of a circumstance where i think of like in a sense Okay. For all that I can say about my parents, uh, right and wrong, it was like they got over this. They're still together. Um, it was, and to me, it's kind of lovely that, uh, and indicative, like the loving case, um, that hey, this happens, and it's wonderful when it happens. Like this is great. Like the, this is. Uh, I, I won't. I don't know if I would go so far as like this is what everybody should be aspiring to at this point, but um, you know as a person who is a product of a mixed-race uh, union that's still going strong, the, the, the years after, um, and as a person who is in a mixed relationship, mixed-race relationship, with mixed children who are further mixed, if you want to use that type of terminology, um, you know, it, it, to me, it's wonderful. I mm-hmm. mean, one, anybody who's mixed generally doesn't have a choice but to be in a mixed relationship because... <laughs> Like, I'm not hitting my brother. uh, um, I
5: I had that conversation with someone in university where, in an abstract way, they're like, I don't know if I support mixed race couples i'm like you know who you're talking to right now right i'm like Mm. everything i do is mixed race get out of
3: here i (laughs) think um (laughs) mixed race breakfast i have
1: (laughs) i think this this quite neatly circles back to something uh two tropes that have been brought up but we haven't like fully sort of dissected yet which was sonia brought up the the tragic mulatto trope or archetype and then earlier i also mentioned the um the half human hybrid and these are sort of the two main tropes that a lot of characters or fiction about mixed race people tend to end up falling into. Mm-hmm. Um, and, oof. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, the uh, the tragic mulatto, which uh, which Sonia brought up, is um, the word mulatto. Uh, comes from like the Spanish and Portuguese word for a person of specifically mixed African and European ancestry. but like the commonality of the trope kind of means that nowadays the name of the trope can be potentially applied to a lot of different mixed race characters. and there are other versions of the trope like the the tragic uh, mestizo, I think which refers to a person of mixed European and Native American ancestry. Mm-hmm. Um, And the trope tragic mulatto basically refers to a story in which a mixed race person is depicted as like, so depressed and sad because of being mixed race, unable to fit into any side of society. And it was often about sort of Uh, in in the classical sense, it was about, uh, those stories were typically about like women who could potentially pass as white later on finding out that they had a a black relative and that therefore made them like ineligible for their marriage and fortune. And then they they, like fell down in their lot in life and all that stuff. And then the half human hybrid is this idea that uh, you have like, (laughs) you represent being mixed race by uh, having a character who is um, the result of like, into species romance, such as like between a an human and an alien, or a fantasy creature, or a monster, Spock. and then yeah, like Spock yeah. or Huffle. Alucard, <laughs> and Castlevania. Right?
2: No.
0: Yeah, oh, there's
1: like yeah. there's so many of them. <laughs> there so are many.
3: There. Star Trek is littered with it, and yeah. uh, this is a topic that I mentioned in my video. But uh, you know, it's it's a circumstance where you will see the half-human hybrid all the time. Like almost every mm-hmm. single in Star Trek series of- has a half-human hybrid i have what was it at the time of the video i said that there might have been one and i think there might have been two now with the new show picard um mixed race individuals in the entire Mm. 60 70 year run i think you and i actually
1: tried to like count them on twitter and we came up with like kim um miles and keiko's two children Mm -hmm. who are both literally children and don't really pertain much to the story yeah and then there's like Rafi in, in Picard?
3: Yeah. I think. Yeah.
1: And maybe and, her son, I believe.
3: Well, I and that's it. That's yeah. that's it. And thankfully, um <laughs> Rafi from Picard is actually played by a mixed actor, mm. which I mean almost never happens. Um as a as a fan of musicals, um oh you know, I think of Miss Saigon. Uh, <laughs> <by> Jonathan Price. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
4: I have a complicated relationship with Miss Saigon because I have so many. <laughs> I have a lot of people in my life that played Kim, but at the same time, that damn play, <laughs> that yeah, damn yeah, storyline. It's line. a whole thing.
3: It's a whole thing. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's frustrating that 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 you see like interspecies or, or half orc, half elf. It's basically the same concept because in the second edition D anD D book, they actually provide a definition that race in D anD D is more like species. Okay, now here is the thing. While not uh, conclusive, most often the separation between species is based on whether or not you can breed together, okay? Um, and if you breed, is that um, uh, offspring viable? Like a mule cannot uh, breed afterwards right hmm. the horse and donkey mix and all that and I'm using these animal examples and it gets a little weird but um, like it's frustrating to me that the scientific leap of alien with human is something everybody's fine with in Star Trek we just let it go or in fantasy we just let it go hmm. but mixing cultures oh no 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 that, that, that breaks the verisimilitude too far. That break, that's too much for my suspension to disbelieve <laughs> yeah
1: it, <laughs> and that's the thing is like that that trope in particular is so ubiquitous and it's it's there in the place of actual mixed race representation like you said in star trek there are more half alien or alien mixed characters than there are human mixed race characters and it's just it's everywhere you know there's like hellboy star lord tanis half elven hagrid uh like seymour and Terra from final fantasy just it's like ubiquitous in, a, in fantasy yeah. and sci-fi fiction
2: from a storytelling trope it's just an easy uh storytelling trope perspective it's just an easy way to create some kind of to try to create some kind of empathy mm. in in a character by being like oh here is the the demon or the devil or the alien but they're half human so therefore they're going to emote the same way you emote, and you're going to be able to feel something for them. And we're going to yeah. try to fixate on that as like a window in for the audience. and
4: mm-hmm. Yeah. Or, or like, it's, um... oh, go
5: ahead. Or it's supposed to be sort of like a biological basis for internal conflict. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, like external conflict. But it's supposed to be like, no, on like a bioessential basis, this is a point of conflict.
1: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you see mm-hmm. that especially. So I mean, you see it in everything, but like especially in Star Trek, just because it's it's on the brain. I was I was arguing with Star Trek fans on Twitter this morning because I like the new Ferengi design. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, (laughs) um, But yeah, there's often this depiction, and you see it with like Spock and Biala of like the character battling against one side of their heritage, and it's usually the non-human side, which is the more monstrous or foreign or POC coded side so you see that with the half orcs where they're always battling against the like the brutal evil orc side of them quote unquote and then you see it with Boana who is always battling against her Klingon heritage and is depicted as like inherently angry and irritable because she's half Klingon and she's always spoken about in that way by other characters including like her husband in the show which is
5: super uncomfortable or the episode where some aliens actually separate her two sides so she becomes two separate people, (laughs) a Klingon
1: and a human and they have a little like you mentioned it and
5: it's bad
1: they love to to torture Balana in that show and it's it's sad because like, and I think we can talk about this in a little bit is there's like this sort of complicated feeling around this trope because sometimes it was a form of representation when there was none I really liked Balana but she's not treated well by that show like the majority no. of the episodes that focus on her are about her being half Klingon and in some way having to like battle with that. And then that episode you just mentioned, Emma, is like probably just like the worst one for that. Other than the one where she has flashbacks to being bullied for being half Klingon and everyone tells her, you just need to get over it.
3: Ah. Um, but yeah, she's like literally <laughs> split in
1: two. Into, like, yeah. It comes back to that blood quantum thing of like you can literally like- be like split yeah. into two separate halves. Yeah, one is Klingon, one is human, and the Klingon goes around screaming at everyone and causing
5: trouble. Yeah, and the human Unless is just sad and depressed. <laughs> two people in inside of you. And not that it works, folks. You're, you're never a whole, but you're somehow multiple people at the same yeah. time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think uh,
2: I, I think part of the reason I, I've never really felt represented by any of these so-called half. Uh, races in any tv show whatever is is because they're always like oh I, i'm i'm the result of a human and an alien uh you know f- uh, making a baby and and i'm constantly at war with like my alien side or my orc side or whatever like i'm constantly going to fall into you know bad orc habits and 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 Basically, the the worst side of me is going to come out. And and that always felt to me like an uber simplification of the actual dynamics of what it is like to be mixed race as written by someone who is not mixed race. Mm -hmm. Like I do not, like growing up, I did not necessarily like ever plan on, you know, falling into my Asian side or, you know, my Jewish side or something like that. I had conflicts with both sides of me. Like when I hung out at family gatherings on my dad's side of the family, I completely felt out of place because I was not never really in touch with my Jewish heritage. And then when I hung out with Asian kids in school, you know, one of the one of the experiences that i always remember is I was hanging out at my friend's house and it was just all Asian kids. And then my dad came to pick me up and the mother who answered the door was like, oh, I didn't expect to see a white father here. And it was it was really just strange to me at the time. There, there were conflicts on both sides hmm. and all of it ended up just making me feel like I was different and unusual and that, you know, my experiences were not valid because nobody else I knew really had the same experience except for my brother. Like I didn't know too many other mixed race kids growing up. Yeah. Um, And ultimately I've never really seen that. In fiction, in in genre fiction, it's always just oh, I'm bad because I'm going to be more like my orc side than my human side. There's never any conflict with like the human side as well, or like there's there's never a fully fledged mixed race individual, at least in any of the Mm -hmm. uh, in any of the fiction or any of the movies that that I've consumed. I mean, Daniel in our chat brought brought up uh, some better examples of, for example, like uh, Miles Morales. He's probably a better example Mm -hmm. of a mixed race individual that that I I feel like is more uh, fully. Um, realized and, really and like, um, yeah he feels realized. like
4: a real person. Yeah, yeah.
2: not a and series I, I of like tropes. Yeah, I want to see more of that. Yeah, I yeah. want to yeah. see more of that. And but but those examples are very few and far between. You know, yeah. Miles Morales came up when he, he originated when I was already like you know a fully grown teenager, and so I never really had that formative kind of fully fledged healthy mixed race individual to look up yeah. to, at least yeah. in fiction. And that's why when these uh, examples come up of you know characters in Star Trek or like Alucard and Castlevania. I'm like, okay, like he's just mixed for this for the sake of. A, a genre trope He's yeah really mix
4: for the sake of a genre trope but also i feel sometimes they put a mixed race character to elevate the cast around it's like oh we still we're gonna show how ignorant everybody is but also we're gonna show that the cast still loves you in spite of what you are and they hang out with you still like that's messed up but um going back to like miles morales like for me like that was one of my big like oh we have what what's some good um like, you know, examples of mixed race representation. And it took me a while because most of it is like very unnuanced, very very uh, like about the depth of a like drying puddle of water in terms of like how like in-depth we can get or like just... Dialogue is so cringeworthy that I have to fully close my laptop. I'm like, that's enough for today. What, what
2: was that show going viral Ginny, a while ago? Ginny and
4: Georgia. Uh, we're, uh, we're in yeah. Ginny and Georgia, the girl is getting. there are two mixed mixed race kids talking, and the the guy's like, "Well, you're not in touch with your black side." And it's like, "Well, you benefit from the model minority myth," and it just it's it's so bad. No i could human I couldn't, talks like this. <laughs> no human talks I thought, like. This. I thought it was a
2: parody. and, and, and yeah, then it was like, I, "Oh no, I this was
1: legit." A
5: comedy sketch. And this, this is was a legit. whole <laughs> Netflix like show. Yeah. I
3: was looking for the funnier Die logo in the corner and it just <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it wasn't there but like um, going
4: back to Miles like it's I, I'm going to specifically talk about like um, Into the Spider-Verse because I, I adore that movie and the way people like well how can we show good mixed race representation into the Spider-Verse does this within the span of maybe 45 seconds. Mm-hmm. That's in the very beginning of the movie where he is about to go to school. Yes. And you yes. suddenly see his family life combat you like in a tornado. His dad's asking for a ride. His mom's speaking to him in Spanish. He's getting food from the food from the uh, like the like rice cooker thing. And you can tell like this is all stuff that's part mm-hmm. of his family life and culture. And, mm-hmm. then it ex- and then he responds to his mom in Spanish. His mom speaks with an accent. And then it expands out further when he goes by his old school as he's going to his new school. And you see him interacting with With his classmates, he speaks Spanish to some of his classmates, even before he heads off. And then eventually he gets picked up by his dad to take him to the new academy. That is, for me, like Mm. one of the best, like, things of like mixed race representation I've seen. Because as a person in the theater, I am not Afro-Latino. But seeing that on screen made me really freaking happy because Mm. it showed, one, this kid is mixed race. But also he is cherished and loved by the people around him. And he is included and in like in this community and he is not ousted for it he is a part of them and it's like his being mixed race is not a point of pain Mm. and that made me real happy
3: yeah it's not it's it's not the origin of conflict it's not part of a tragedy it's just something that's 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 him it's part
4: of the rich tapestry that makes miles who he is mm -hmm.
3: because too often when you have a mixed uh character um that's their gimmick that's their Mm -hmm. thing it's like belana torres they're gonna whenever it's a storyline about her boom we're gonna talk about the mixed thing we're gonna talk about the mixed thing we're gonna talk about the mixed thing it's rarely
2: done well that's i mean like i just really find it satisfying
3: Mm -hmm. and like um
4: daniel brought it up in our chat like if we go from the good side to the numerous bad examples we had more recently shadow and bone I can't I I haven't watched it yet but the second that I heard that they decided to do this this was like wow that was a choice where in the original books the author was like oh my cast is like super super white and there's not much diversity I'm gonna change that for the TV show I'm like great cool Alina's Asian within 15 minutes of the, the first episode uh airing they start then they make her shoe which is the code for like half asian in this in the grisha verse or the greg verse or whatever um and they, within like 15 minutes of the first episode happening they start throwing asian slurs at her they call her rice eater and then they show like anti like really gross anti-asian propaganda and stuff and her being half shoe is just constantly just like a point of pain, and people they just use it in the show to, you know, illustrate she's different, she is an outcast, and they throw these racial slurs at her. But also, like, it serves absolutely no purpose. Again, I'm going to just refer to it. It was sad backstory seasoning, yeah. Um, where like I think there's a character later on in the show that is actually Shu, but Alina has no interest in like you know talking to them or t- pursuing like you know what is my cultural identity, um, or whatever, and just like. And even even on the base level of like that's that the trope of like, oh, we're going to throw in the sad story seasoning so that we can show you overcoming it because you're better than this. They don't even do that in Shadow and Bone. It's just there and it's never talked about. It's just there to cause pain. And it kind of makes me sad because I know that the person that was kind of in charge of those writing decisions was actually Asian. And I remember seeing on Twitter when people were first talking about this and the issues with it. She deliberately said, yeah, for the mixed race kids, this is going to hurt. And while it is important for people to understand how, you know, the treatment of mixed race kids and all that stuff is just it it can be a point of pain as a result of like, you know, feeling like we don't count feelings of isolation and whatnot. Those are important things to acknowledge and realize you can still do harm, especially like be like, oh, but she's Asian. How could she do harm? You can still do harm to your own mm-hmm. community. Case in point, see, like the whole discussion we had on Asians represent pertaining to Killian Lou. Story was written by an Asian person perpetuated so many harmful stereotypes that, you know, hurt and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And well, I mean, yeah, I think it would be
3: mm-hmm. I think it would be disingenuous for us to um, point towards the white community and just say, that's that's it. That's where it's from for me um being rejected from the poc communities that i should be a part of happens it happens a lot Mm -hmm. and it's one of those things where it's like look um this is this is where i was trying to go for refuge and Mm. you slam the door in my face yeah um you know i've constantly had to I, i feel like i have to prove my koreanness or prove my latin heritage um and i've told this story before and this was with my partner years ago it was like years and years ago uh where we were listening to some uh music and some reggaeton came on and uh, i was like oh i love this song and she's like how how do you know reggaeton i I am puerto rican like (laughs) Yeah. music's from the island I, I don't understand what the question is <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, it's... Um, I know, is it just because you don't see it in my face but like and, and that's that's all the time you know just like it, reminding people and, and on the other hand I've had to deal with this sort of odd internalized shame where if I do something that gains acceptance from one group i feel like i'm betraying the other group mm-hmm. you know it, it, it like we're on a panel here uh on Asians represent and there's a small part of my brain that's going like yeah but when's the last latin a co- thing you did when, when was the last time you were on a latin a stream or uh you were trying to represent that part of your culture mm-hmm. you know and i was like okay uh, yeah but uh, <laughs> you like listen brain
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's yeah, time for my something. quarterly identity crisis. Hold <laughs> yeah. on a second. <laughs> yeah,
1: but yeah that's, I think that's something like I know all of us probably. Like, I would definitely want people to understand from this is that like that animosity doesn't only ever come from like the white side of your family, oh, yeah, or, or, or from white people if you because not all mixed race people are part white, but like it doesn't only ever come from white people. Um, yeah. It can come from. Other people within, of color as well. From, it can like,
2: even I, come I, from yeah. within your own
4: family. Yeah, like, I, within I, your I own ended family. up.
2: I ended up moving to Asia for almost ten years because, for most of my twenties, because I felt like I wasn't Asian enough growing up, and that and that like made me feel like, oh, I need to learn Chinese. I need to like uh, get a major in East Asian studies. I need to like feel like I'm connected with this part of my heritage. I need to become Asian, basically, form, like form was... a
4: Voltron or whatever. Yeah, <laughs>
2: and. and and you know only after living in like Taiwan and Hong Kong for almost 10 years did I not not just like did, did that thought kind of finally wither and and die because mm-hmm. I realized that uh, you know obviously when I moved overseas that okay I'm I'm very American in many ways like I'm I'm mm-hmm. a foreigner here but um I realized that okay, I'm just me. I'm not really. I don't need to be Asian. I don't need to try to make up for the fact that you know, in college, when I tried to join the, like the Chinese Students Association, this guy made fun of me for not being able to speak Chinese and like being able to not being able to like sing a Jay Chow song in karaoke. Like, it's I don't know. I, I've never seen that represented in, in yeah. media. I would mm-hmm. like to. I would. Like I think to.
1: my my constant sort of feeling throughout my life has has very often been the feeling of the feeling of not fitting into any side of your culture, which is like very common for mixed race people um but when but because my background is so varied and there's such a mixture um and just due to the circumstances of like uh where certain members of my family live and what contact i have with them or not um just always feeling like very separated for example from like the asian side of my heritage and not never ever feeling asian enough like when when daniel first asked me to be on asians represent to do critical read al i was like oh, I don't know if I should. Like, I literally had that feeling and had to be like out, like validated from an outside source before I would feel comfortable to do that. And now I think, because I've been doing this a while, I think I would feel more comfortable to just like put that forward myself. But that is just like, yeah always this and always this like conflict within my own family yeah. where i've had arguments with people from one side of the family about like issues of race and racism right. mm-hmm. uh and that's a member of my family but then i'm sat there arguing with them about things like gollywogs and like uh and uh things like representation in media and blackface and stuff like that and i'm just sat there like I'm supposed to like love this person, but I'm now arguing with them about something that is like deeply upsetting and they are taking the opposite
4: stance. And that's Mm -hmm. like another thing that I think adds to our feelings of just constantly like why we have like what I keep calling the quarterly year identity crisis is because not only are we gate kept from our own like communities and cultures on a closer point, we are gate kept from our communities and cultures sometimes via the way that our family talks about us. Yes. Like, um, like, for example, like with my um, like Filipino side, if I've heard so many, like I've not heard through the grapevine, but like some of my relatives will say some of the most disgusting anti-black things and now we will not go hang out with them, which is like one upside of the pandemic because I don't have to see them at Christmas anymore. Or my uncle saying really anti-black shit to my dad's face and my dad's getting so frustrated and he's like, you know, I'm black, right? And he's like, oh, you're black? <laughs> Or, like, if uh, the Asian sides are like, even like for me, I'm uh, Hakka Chinese, and they're even discriminated by the larger Chinese community. Like, one oh, yeah. of my relatives <laughs> went into a ch- store in Chinatown down in Boston, and she accidentally spoke Hakka, and the store owner turned her back and would not speak to her. And she told my aunt, Do not let anybody ever know you're Hakka. And then if both the Hakka Chinese side and the Filipino side find that I'm black, they form a racist Asian anti-black uh, Voltron. And they're like, no, you cannot be one of us. And it's just like, and then there's like the coded languages that sometimes we get. Like, I, like me and my sister are the mixed race kids of the family. And I have been called half-breed. I have been called mutt. I have been called mongrel. I have been called a mixed-breed dog since i was maybe about 10 years old Mm -hmm. and this was a way that some people in my family would introduce me to Mm -hmm. their friends that is the intro for them for me like oh yeah this is sonia she's kind of like the halfie the mutt of the family i'm 10
3: yeah and like it's it's one of those things where it's like hey stop calling me mutt dad Yeah. Like, getting that type of racism from your own parents, getting that type of racism from nearly everybody in your family, because the only people who actually, in, in a lot of the cases in a mixed race family, I know this is true for me, the only people who get it are my brothers. Um, like, they understand. Mm-hmm. No one else in my family understands. Yeah. And and when when my dad, you know, it's like, hey, you're my little mutt. It's just like, I'm not a Stop dog. It. Stop, Stop it. it. You just yeah. you stop it right now. And the type of language that is used for us is bizarre because no one seems to think of it as being a slur. And to go to your point, Sonia, and, and to kind of bring this back to D&D for a second, um, throughout the discussions of half-orcs and half-elves in that first player's handbook, first edition player's handbook, they are referred to as mongrels constantly yeah. that's not even getting into ha
1: uh-huh. mongrel men <laughs> yeah it's um <laughs> yeah so there's these, these words this language m- mongrel half-breed which is as has been thank you for saying it here and being like very raw and open with it used to insult it's practically a slur against mixed-race people language that's literally used to describe dog breeding mm-hmm. like
2: which I wouldn't even use for dogs right yeah, now. I've like yeah, never called call a dog a mongrel. I mean, I know yeah, people I, use Outdated but,
1: language for dog yeah. breeds. <laughs> would, yeah. yeah. Um, not only is that language used to describe characters like half orcs and half-elves, but there's literally an entire creature type called the mongrel folk, previously mm. the mongrel men. And I just want to check with everyone before we start talking about that, whether everyone's
5: Okay, because no, let's get into it. Let's get into it.
1: Right. Into it I, I I to, I just
3: this. want to make sure. I, I just
5: this. find it funny that they're like, "Oh, we've made it. Not so bad. We, we made it. Now. Yeah. <laughs> we, we made it.
1: We made it. Gendered. That makes it okay. That this was, was a, the whole problem. Wasn't the, the word. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. um, but yeah, this is this is a. I, I mean, they're usually in like monster manuals. I don't know if they are described as like a race or if they are like a creature type, but I'm going to use both those terms to describe them. But I did not know that this creature, this race existed until I watched kimchi's amazing video <laughs> about being mixed race in D and D and until that video. then it was like reiterated in our sort of group chat. Um, and then I went to look them up and I have never had such a viscerally negative reaction to racist D&D content. I like there's a lot of racist shit in D&D. Um and and it's very painful to look at, but something I mean I know what it was about Mongol folk that just like cut me to my core. It's because it it's describing what is ostensibly me, someone yeah. who is from like five or six different ethnic backgrounds, has like this huge mixture and in terms of D&D, the way that That's our depicted, representation. That that is like Mongrel folk are basically people who are so mixed race they are physically and mentally deformed. And that's, I'm using the language that they use to describe them. Um, I would like to read the description of the mongrel folk from the 1989 Monster Manual. Be prepared to cringe and cry. Um, Mongrel men are a mixture of the blood of many species. Humans, orcs, gnolls, ogres, dwarfs, hobgoblins, elves, bugbears, baliwags, and many others. Their appearance varies greatly, combining the worst features of their parent stocks. They are usually clad in dirty rags. They are ashamed of their appearance and try to keep their bodies concealed, especially among strangers. They have no distinct tongue of their own, but speak a debased common mixed with grunts, whistles, growls, and gestures. Their names often mimic animal noises. Which brings us back to the whole thing of like the word mongrel being an outdated term for dogs um so yeah in in terms of D, people like myself and the others here are so mixed race that we are deformed animalistic yep. creatures with the the worst features from all sides
4: of our heritage i'm not a half elf i'm not a half orc i'm a fucking mongrel man like that's yeah, that's yeah. fucked up yeah like, at its base core, <laughs> that is fucked up
3: yeah now, if i may um so i'm ancient uh I'm pretty old uh, so I know that some folks here have been getting into d d recently picture in your mind nine year old kimchi right not well fermented kimchi me like um, oh. <laughs> um, picture like nine year old me sitting down with the old d d books because my dad had them you know I'm a second generation player my dad was playing back in the way back um, cause he wants you know, and, uh, I'm, I'm learning to read by looking at these books with the cool pictures. And I come across that as an impressionable nine-year-old, you know, and like, I'm, I'm looking at it and I was like, wait, wait a minute. Why is it like, I'm confused. Um, and it was hard for me. As a kid, like I didn't experience this as a as an adult with a fully formed understanding and. You know, the ability to just be like, well, this is garbage. No, I, I was a kid internalizing this, trying to learn how to play this game with my family, with my brothers who were already playing and, uh, you know, their friends. And it was like this cool thing that I wanted to get a part of and seeing that. And it was, it was crushing for me. Mm. Um, so much so that I kind of repressed that memory um, for years until Ravenloft came out.
4: And then it brought it back.
3: And then it was like, oh, Curse of Strahd. Everybody's saying this is the best thing since sliced bread. Best adventure they've ever made. Um, let's take a look. And I was like, wait a minute. I remember these. Mm-hmm. And I had that oh. image, that little pencil drawn picture you know from the original Dun- uh, monster manual just flash into my head again and like it was jarring it was jarring and all of it just kind of yeah, rushed yeah i think back to that's
1: yeah. that's the even more sort of shocking and painful thing on top of how bad it is is the fact that it's not even been relegated to dnd's dirty past yet Like this is in 5e, it's in Curse of Strahd. It's not only racist, it's also deeply ableist. There's the whole aspect of like, these people are like mentally, so mentally affected by it that they're driven, again, using their language, quote unquote mad. Mm -hmm. And they have to be like kept by this abbot in an abbey and for their own good, quote unquote. And it just, there's so many different layers of horrific discomfort I have with this Mm -hmm. like creature in this game. And, and they do sort of lean more into the like animal like mashup thing now but i don't know if that really helped like it does
2: yeah, so that's it from
1: it. it at all like that's one interesting
2: thing like when when i ran curse of Strat, i skipped among I, my players did not go to that town i just skipped that part but um i i mean i was familiar we talked about this in our own chat but i was familiar with their origins in the 90s where basically they were uh Considered to be like created by like a wizard to as as experiments doppelgangers. It's a very much a horror focused uh, origin where like they're the, 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 the patchwork humans like like Frankenstein or you know kind of the, the horror trope where an amalgamation of of different monster pieces comes together to make something. And so that's what Curse of Strahd leans into. However, you know interesting thing is after we talked about this and you know Kimchi si brought up the uh, original origins of them where they're just flat uh, flat out the result of you know interbreeding. Um, the interesting thing about even this horror trope is that it is born from the idea of fear of um, interracial relationships. Like if you think about mm-hmm. like, you know, H.P. Lovecraft's Deep Ones, which are basically mm-hmm. fish folk, like their whole origin story is they are people b- born from like the spawn of Dagon in the sea and the people that live in Innsmouth, the villagers. And so they are, you know, crossbreeds. And that's why we should be afraid of them, because they represent the quote unquote degeneracy of interracial Breeding, and I think even if you try to flavor the mongrel folk with this horror um, tinged origin, you're still going to get uh, bits and pieces of the racism that is built into that that horror trope itself, mm-hmm. which is something interesting to think of. And yeah, mongrel uh, folk are in curse of Straw. And, and and there are two uh, mongrel men characters in the latest Pathfinder game that just came out, so they are um, they are kind of front and center in fantasy media and fifth edition has not really talked about them beyond curse of Strahd, and they're a little bit different in pathfinder but there's still kind of that image of hmm. uh you know that image that's not so great yeah and particularly the name like the name is still being the name yeah. alone is
1: like bad enough like it yeah. should stop there or do not go like Do not like hundred dollars before the name like let alone but, anything else <laughs>
3: putting folk at the end of a slur does not make it okay. Like pick any other slur, any other racial slur throughout history, put folk at the end and then put it in a book. What was the most egregious thing for me is that when they did revamped and they did the edits to the Vistani to try to make it more respectful to the Romani people. And I think they still failed, but whatever. um, they were still there.
1: Yeah unchanged right
3: and and i go in naive me you know with my newly minted twitter account and they start announcing it and I, I i tweeted are you going to remove the mongrel folk because i would prefer to have this racial slur removed from the book and the dog pile yeah. that ensued I have never had my Twitter explode like that um, of people just calling me whiny, calling me a baby, saying, it's not about that, saying it's a term for dogs. It's not about you. That doesn't make it better. Uh, <laughs> um, even the occasion, oh, I take the person for their word. I have no idea if this person was actually mixed, um, but was one mixed person on twitter or someone claiming to be saying oh i don't think it's offensive um and like that's part of like that that right there is what instigated me making the video is because after i got dogpiled i realized people don't even know this is a thing no Mm -hmm. and after i made the video if you look at the comment section of the video so many people are like i didn't know this was a thing (laughs) <laughs> yeah. I have a, I have a question. Do you guys think the mongrel folk can be
2: rehabilitated? Like if they gave them a different name and then took apart the lore and tried to piece it together, giving them some sort of story more akin to the Genasi, which is what D&D has slowly been trying to do with a lot of their races... Um, they've taken the mongrel men, and I think the new description for the mongrel folk tries to paint them as like survivors that band together, and you know they have a strong culture. Like, do you think there is the possibility for rehabilitation?
3: I, for I, I, I have a, I have an idea. Would... I have an oh. idea on that, actually, because I've been pondering this for a long time, hmm. and it's leaning into a different trope in horror, and uh, the concept is the Morovian, taking the idea of the island of Doctor Moreau. Mm-hmm. where you have patchwork animals put together and then um, what do they call it uh, enhanced to have yeah, human-esque yeah. intelligence okay so what you're starting from is oh I have a, a dog and a crab and a, and a bird and I'm mixing them all together as in a Frankenstein style and creating and then enhancing it so that it creates you know an intelligent creature after the fact so you know, it's going into more of the Frankenstein Island of Dr. Moreau. You call them Morovians because Moreau is uh, actually public domain at this point. So there's no licensing necessary. That's the kind of stuff I think about. Um, <laughs> and there you have this sort of concept of the amalgamated creature who is created from nothing in magic. Okay. So it's not intelligent species that interbreed. It's not even a mixture of intelligent species. Okay. Okay throw that aside, hmm. toss it, okay, and try to veer that way, I think that might be a way to have that sort of body horror element, to have that sort of gothic horror element, and discard the racial undertones of it. Hmm. Yeah, but I again, that's so just long as, me brainstorming.
1: So long as mm-hmm. they are like intelligent beings first and foremost, as long as they are people first and foremost, <clears> there will <throat> always be the... Um, the uncomfortable connotation even if they lean more into the animal thing which they have done there's still because of because of the language used around mixed race people uh and just i think in general still it, it would it would hearken to a sort of horrible depiction of uh, an idea of mixed raceness in people yeah it's um, a
4: very tricky one That i um, like like the i like your idea but again like people can still make those um parallels between even if Mm -hmm. it just starts out as an animal like again people view mixed race people as mutts and mongrels aka something that's not human something that's more of an animal so people will still make those um unfortunate comparisons and i do like 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 that idea and i see the horror tropes and the origin and origins for it but again it's like how how are people going to take this which once it's out there in the world it's kind of out of the author's hands but like That's true. it, is, That's it true. is, it is it yeah. is it is it's an incredibly tricky thing to tackle because i like, understand people want to explore like that body horror the frankenstein sort of thing but again like a lot of the again a lot of these horror tropes are rooted in deeply deeply problematic things that mm. maybe sometimes you can cut out the rot Maybe sometimes you can. Other times, it is, it is going to be a hell of a thing to actually do, like, you know, the amount of work and, like, surgical precision to actually cut that shit out and what you need to do. So, it, it's yeah. it's it's very tricky. It's very tricky.
5: Yeah, because, like, opinion. at the core, the there's the idea that blending creates monstrosity, mm-hmm.
4: Mm-hmm.
5: which is sort of, well, definitely was one of the fears that led to, like, the anti-miscegenation laws. Yeah.
3: That's true. That's and true. even
5: that concept, like, first of all, miscegenation is a loaded term. Like, it's not just a, you know, objective term to use for mixed race. Um, I've had to cover this in my classes before. Like, it was a loaded term from the beginning, and it specifically spawned around the anti-miscegenation laws, which made it illegal to be, like, in a mixed race relationship or made it real hard to be a mixed race person. And at that core is that fear that blending to things that are considered to be separate and different leads to something that's not quite right. Mm.
3: No, that's true. That's true.
5: So it's like, yeah, it's tricky. Like, can can you do something that is blended and monstrous without running into all of those, all of that harm for mixed race people
1: and then on on top of that you still have that the uh the D like mechanization layer of like yeah there has to be yeah. a stat block there has to be a description and it's yeah. inevitably very easy to end up using kinds of language and stat blocks that evoke those sorts of things in, in, in an uncomfortable way yeah um, i
2: like i like your idea kimchi I, I can't really see it being done in fifth edition maybe the next edition of DD i mean Pathfinder Second Edition has has offered some new nuanced playable races, so I can see that, or ancestries as they call them. So I can see, you know, sensitivity readers going over something like that, and maybe uh, cultivating a new form of the. They'll, they'll probably change the name first off. They'll, yeah. they'll Definitely change the name. Fingers crossed. Um, but, yeah. but yeah, I think,
3: think you would think, you would think. they, would they didn't. They've had like four or five different opportunities to yeah. do it. That's so. true. They've had yeah. an opportunity to do it in Fifth Edition, and they still didn't do it.
4: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think also
1: I, with the with the Mongrelfolk, the thing that struck me. Was um, the fact the fact that I hadn't heard of it? Because mm-hmm. for all the discourse around the issues D and D has with racial representation and racism, um, I somehow had never ever seen any discourse around the Mongol folk. They're um, hidden in a,
2: in a module that that is a very popular module. Yeah, thing, I have in so in many friends the, who play
1: Curse of Strahd. No one's ever they're hidden in
2: the it. back of the module in a town that not all players will go or, to or dms will visit yeah. so but think that maybe
1: people would at least discuss the issues it. with it mm-hmm. or yeah. you know because the like i haven't played curse of Strahd. um gothic horror isn't like really my thing so i just immediately was kind of like eh um and then i heard about the Vistani, and i was like oh more of a reason to be like eh. <laughs> Extra and then eh. but even with all the i saw the discourse around the Vistani without having played curse of Strahd, but i had never mm-hmm. seen discourse around um around the mongol folk
4: yeah um, and i think it stems from just like Because I also did – because for me, like, I actually played all through Curse of Strahd, and I actually happened to be uh, MIA the day that we were going to that abbey where we could have encountered the mongrel folk. Now, I don't know if my DM put them in there because when we went back, we just – booked it to the the abbot immediately and we didn't talk to anybody but thank god i wasn't there if they included i don't think that they did but i think what the thing is it's just again it's one of those things that just people don't really seem to know because i decided like hey i wonder if people actually have talked about mongrel folk in terms of like the racist depiction and i just typed in mongrel folk into the twitter search and the people that were talking about only seem to touch upon the able it the horribly ableist uh side of the mongrel folk They did not talk about, you know, how horribly racist this is towards mixed folks. And uh, it could be just because, like, they are not mixed themselves. So they don't have the visceral reaction that we have towards that word. Like, I told my sister about this and the second that I said mongrel folk. She just straightened and her eyes widened. Mm. Because we know what that word Mm -hmm. means for us. They just, there's, it's like, you know, oftentimes, especially like in the case of Kimchi, he um, talked about, like, this is a bad word that you should not be using. Don't use it. And people are like, oh, it's not that big of a deal. It comes in with that also like thing that happens a lot to mixed race people that we are often told that we need to be quiet because because we don't qualify enough as yeah. any sort of group. Our opinion is invalid and you need to take several seats.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: And mm-hmm. so like oftentimes when we have like these feelings, like for me, I actually at some point start calling myself a mutt to either beat my relatives to the punch or I was told like, I don't like being called that, but everybody around me told me, it's just a joke. It doesn't mean that much. Mm -hmm. So I just started internalizing, like, maybe I am overreacting, but it comes with the whole, like, this cacophony of people telling us our opinion doesn't matter rooted in who we are. And we need to be quiet because we don't, we are not, we don't have enough of that in us to have an opinion or to have that opinion considered.
1: I think, um, yeah, I've I've definitely been through like all of that as well and especially with the sort of internalizing it and turning it into a joke before other people can which oof teenagers are yeah. uh, you you fool. Um but yeah the the it's interesting because like obviously being mixed race it does inherently give you a different experience in some ways than mm-hmm. other people from Uh, any side of your heritage, but that doesn't invalidate the fact that you are from all those sides of your heritage. And I think the thing I've come to realize, like personally for me, and I'm not saying that this should be or is like the way for all mixed race people, but the way I've come to sort of terms with it for myself was that being mixed race is in and of itself an identity that is unique. So I can identify with Mm -hmm. everyone on this panel who none of you have the same mixture as me, but we all have unique shared experiences from being mixed race. Um, But then within that, everyone has separate parts of like different experiences um, dependent upon like what different ethnic backgrounds and stuff that they have. And that is like, yeah, it is like a unique experience in and of itself. And I think that Mm -hmm. was one of the reasons why I wanted to get this panel together, because I think it is something that isn't discussed a lot. We are sometimes shouted down for it. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I there mean, are, there are issues to with things like, mean, you
2: for doing this, just because, you know, be, you. being on a, a panel of all, you know, mixed, mixed people, it, it's very, uh, I don't know, it, it, it feels very good because yeah. you guys, you know, you guys get it. Like you guys understand. And, mm-hmm. um, even though we're from different countries and had different experiences growing up that, that, that shared, um you know, that, that shared lived experience of just being mixed, it, it is very, uh, very important, I think, and very underrepresented and very difficult yeah. to get right in genre fiction yeah. um, to the point where, like you said, it's not just, you know, white creators who are screwing up. It's also POC creators. You, yeah. it's it, it, It's just difficult to communicate this experience. And yeah, I think it's important that uh, you set you set this panel up, and I think it's important. I'm, I'm very happy to be a part of it.
1: Yeah. Oh, I'm I'm very glad that all of you wanted to be part of it because I was I was very excited by getting this
4: group of people. No, I was so <laughs> more excited when um, I was allowed to be a part of this panel because I think like we've talked about this in our chat. This might be like the first time for a lot of us that we were able to talk about these issues that we've kind of been holding within ourselves in an open space and have our Feelings validated and say, yes, I know what that feels like. Again, like we come from vastly different cultures that make make the rich tapestry that is each individual on this panel. And yet, despite all of that, we still have these very, very, very common like threads that we find throughout Mm -hmm. us and finally being able to talk to somebody about this that isn't just my sister that isn't just my dad that isn't me explaining to a friend like yeah this is what happens me as me as a mixed race person and having them to go oh that happens but having people understand and understand the nuance and like you know kind of like why this happens it's incredibly cathartic and incredibly relieving so i'm so glad that this panel got to
3: happen yeah and i I think think go ahead
5: Oh, I was going to say, I think it's very telling that I too, I'm like drawn to other mixed race people in a lot of ways like that. Like it's so cool. Like we have some things in common. And so it's really telling that um, representations of mixed race people don't have that same effect on me. Mm -hmm. I have never wanted to play one of the mixed races in D&D. Granted, I've only made three characters in my life they've all been like
2: that's enough that is, <laughs> I, 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 yeah then
5: they've all been from like the animal like
3: yeah, mm-hmm. group. yeah. Then, like, so I, like i'm a I'm
5: rabbit folk in my current one because i don't want i looked at the half orc half elf and went ah. yeah me looking at my no. dnd
1: beyond character section and sweating at how many characters i haven't even played or in <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, should be
4: working making characters
5: yeah <laughs>
1: Uh, sorry kimchi you had something you wanted to say and then i think we can head well, to wrapping this up
3: to what to what you said emma like i collect uh that's a weird way to say it i collect mixed race celebrities yeah, like, I, do like, oh, yeah. I do that i do that there's a fascination the with other mixed <laughs> mixed race. The thing. Um, it's like oh you know.
5: <laughs> Um,
1: yes. that actually you know what times
5: you i wanted see to do them? to wrap up sorry oh i'm um, I, I just
2: gonna say a lot of times you see them you see people or you see celebrities and then like your mixed race sense goes off and you're like oh i wonder and i look yeah. someone up
4: the yeah solid exclamation mark pops up over your head and you just yeah. do a google search <laughs> um to wrap
1: up because this because this chat did get very heavy um which we all anticipated was going to happen and was inevitable so that's fine um but we sort of we were sort of having some like positive affirmations there and one thing i did want to do to wrap up was was share something a bit more uh positive at the end because i knew it would get pretty heavy and kimchi already sort of like managed to accidentally touch on it which was i just thought it would be nice for if anyone does have like a mixed race character or a series that portrays something along those lines or even a celebrity or something that you've looked up to, um, that you view positively, um, something like to share that and sort of like why you were drawn to it, I thought might be a nice way to wrap things up. And since Kimchi, you'd already started on it. I'll let you, I'll let you keep going.
3: <laughs> well, uh, like Keanu Reeves first Mm -hmm. thing that pops up um what was funny about that is like i go on this litany of like naomi campbell keanu reeves uh tiger woods uh you know and i just start this litany of uh mixed race celebrities and stuff like that and i've i've actually discussed this with my friends and they were just like oh i never knew they were mixed i guess i don't think about that i do i do Uh,
4: (laughs) do you know (laughs) who i am of course i do
1: (laughs) oh
5: god um, i just joked on some water because (laughs)
1: It's fine. I did um, that earlier, and I had to mask my. Car.
3: <laughs> no, and uh, there's some of the obvious ones like Emma Stone. Wait, no, not that one.
5: Oh my god! I flipped my table. <laughs>
3: but uh, but it's you know just throughout history, literary, uh, Alexandre Dumas
2: or um, Dumas is a great one. You know, uh, when
3: when I saw a picture of him. And I was just like, wait a second. There's more to this. And you start Googling. And you're just like, oh.
2: Look him up. For people who don't know, look up the guy who wrote Three Musketeers. Look up his picture. And then read his life history.
3: It is incredible. It's it's amazing. It's amazing. And, um, you know, I have a complicated history with (laughs) Miss because of that. Because at one point, it's just like, it's so problematic in so many different ways. On the other side, when I was, you know, eight years old, that was the only mixed Asian person I have ever seen in anything um, at that point. And it was bad, <laughs> but, <laughs> but to give positive examples, I, I always fall back to Keanu Reeves because everybody seems to love Keanu Reeves and like everything he like touches is for me, just like, I love action movies. So him the matrix of John Wick and stuff like that, just being, cool and be a keanu and yet him and always be my
4: maybe oh my
3: god
1: yeah stole the (laughs) entire movie in two scenes i love it
3: (laughs) and the fact that he's like apparently a really cool person in real life Mm -hmm. um i've i've just always looked up to that
1: cool (laughs) um let's just go around uh jeremy do you have anything you'd like to share
2: yeah um so i am absolutely sick to death of dming D &D fifth edition i've i've like run so many campaigns and through so many hardbacks that i'm pretty much done except for uh shout out to daniel kwan and everybody else on ages represented worked on candle keep mysteries i will run candle keep mysteries for my girlfriend and her <laughs> friend but that's kind of a different very intimate you know three people game so that's a little different but otherwise i am basically done with dming D 5 e and i finally dm'd enough that some of my players have finally been like, okay, we're going to start running games now, which is which is great to see. So I'm actually getting to you know sit back and make some characters Yay. at this point, and you know ex- experiment with other games, which is fun. And I made my first Janassi character uh, for uh, a Ghosts of Salt Marsh game, which you know I run that module, but I'm excited to see how one of my players switches it up and runs it. Um, so a Janassi character, I named her Okoro, after Okoro Kamui, the the Japanese octopus thing. Um, and I'm, I'm interested in in getting into her backstory and, you know, how she was born, um, you know, of the sea. I, I think one of the uh, origins of Janasi is that they can be born when there's like a catastrophic yep. event as well. And basically mm-hmm. the elemental planes open up and some people are infused with, you know, air elemental energy, water elemental energy. And so that's how she got her water elemental origins. And I'm excited with delving into her backstory and how she's, you know, lived a life of piracy and is now settling down as, you know, an adventurer in this town to try to, you know, move away from her pirate life, but also to figure out who she is. And, you know, I, I wrote in this thing in her backstory, how she had a a difficult romance that she was, that she's kind of escaping from one of the pirates she was involved in and how that might end up catching up with her in the, in the campaign is something I'm interested to see. So it's it. uh, it, it's going to be fun for me, and i and I hope so to delve cool. into these tropes. And I love inter- everything
4: about this character already. <laughs> in, in, interestingly
2: enough, like, um, I, we had our, our internal chat discussion about why Janassi feel like mixed race people, and that made me realize why was I attracted to Janassi. Because I was I was looking through the races, and I was I was like, oh, you know, none of the, I, I want to be a Warforge, but it doesn't really work for this campaign. Like, what, what can I be? And I was like, oh, I'll be a Genasi. I don't know why, but something about them resonates with me. And then I dove in, made the character, and then the next day we had our talk about why Genasi are very That's emblematic of the mixed you. race yeah. experience. <laughs> and I was like, oh, now I know how I'm going to play her.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what? I am... Um because we had so many topics to cover and we didn't get to all of them one of the topics I did want to touch on we won't do it now but was like expressing and exploring your own mixed race heritage through or identity through characters in both mm-hmm. D&D and other TTRPGs and I would love to do a follow-up panel where we can, <gasps> can touch on that topic more in more detail because yeah. I mean, think ho- there's a lot to explore there.
2: Yeah, ho- hopefully I'll have played a couple sessions of this character by that point yeah. and I can actually <laughs> I talk care. about it because that's how I plan to to evoke her presence at the mm. I-, I like yeah, this I, um... idea. Thank, <laughs> Thank you, Daniel. <laughs>
0: Thanks, Daniel. <laughs> I- 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 can, I- can I propose something? Uh, yes. What if we did a stream where we made characters or not we, you folks made characters? Uh, I would also... Because I like symmetry, I would also love to bring in an additional guest. Because there's five of you, uh, I would love to bring in a sixth guest, um, also to bring in a fresh perspective to the conversation as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. Let's let's do let's, let's do another awesome. one, another two, another, <laughs> let's another go three. Like serious. I, I, I will. I will say. I will <laughs> yeah. say. Oh, serious. I, I will say this. If any of you, because I know, like Kimchi, we talked about doing like uh, solo TTRPG stuff like a while ago. Mm-hmm. um if any of you want to host something on Asians represent or, or have a topic or anything like that like by all means I mean, the the um uh i i guess i want to say like the door is open as long as we can like schedule everything uh <laughs> so 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 let me know and i'll make sure that i put you all in the um the podcast guest uh private channel on the discord as well Yay. Um,
1: hell How yeah well yeah with that knowledge that we are potentially going to get to explore that very interesting topic in another <laughs> panel. Because, yeah, I also have a, a myriad of Genasi characters. <laughs> uh, but also, yeah, like exploring your identity through D&D is like part and parcel with it. So I think mm-hmm. for this group of people, that would be a very interesting topic to discuss. Um, so I'd definitely love to do a follow up on that. But let's just like, yeah, um, continue going around with this little wrap up thing. Uh,
4: and Sonia, I'd love to hear from you next. <laughs> um, so... Let me think. Uh, So like, like uh, kimchi, I actually, I don't really uh, focus on like, you know, mixed race characters because one, they're so hard to find in terms of like good representation and the nuance that it needs so I also do also fixate on um not fixate that's the wrong word for it but I do <laughs> that's, that's a bad word to say but um I do like you know hype up I felt like like mixed race celebs so like especially like you know if they're Filipino like me so like catch me running around the house so every time Bruno Mars drops a new single I'm like mom <laughs> or like when her right, when, won all her Grammys and stuff and then proceeded mm-hmm. to make like a cute little uh, TikTok about what she was like showing her um, auntie's so, her uh grammys or like dave batista like that's my wrestle dad (laughs) or because i have to because daniel is here i have to bring up my boy lewis tan he's mixed
0: yo lewis tan
4: (laughs) I'm not, I'm not gonna
0: lie, I'm like, I'm like taking notes here, but I also have like, I'm just looking at pictures of Louis Tan, I'm, I'm taking diligent notes, also, but yeah, uh, you no, know, I love Louis Tan, mi-
2: healthy mixed race family in Mortal Kombat, like I yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. that, 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 that helped get rid of a lot of the, all the, all the, all the other problems I have with yeah. that movie, so.
4: but um, yeah, also like, uh, Louis Tan is an NPC in one of my games, so that's 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 a fun thing, but yeah, so I focus on like you know, mixed race uh, celebrities or, like Haley Steinfeld, who is black, Jewish, Filipino, which is the closest I will ever get to having like a celebrity kind of like match with me because mm-hmm. again like a lot of the the narratives written by people don't have the nuance so I focus on I focus on the success of my fellow mixed race people out in the mm-hmm. real world
3: mm-hmm.
4: and in terms of like another like bit of a positive um, mixed race rep um, I actually realized this and it like sometime last week but I was listening to in the heights or what in the in heights clips came on when I was on YouTube and there's a moment in the song Carnival del Barrio where Carla sings and she starts talking about where she's from and the lyrics are my mom is Dominican Cuban my dad is from Chile and PR which means I'm Chile Dominican Rican but I always say I'm from Queens and in the original Broadway It's kind of played like Carla's like an airhead and she's like, oh, I am so many things. This is too complicated. Fuck it. I'm just going to say I'm queens. But the way Stephanie Beatrice plays it in the new movie, she plays like, I am all these things. I am proud of my heritage, but I'm also proud of the neighborhood that I'm from. I am all these things and it's awesome. And I thought that was actually a really great way to like change it Mm -hmm. and whatnot. It's one
2: of the only yeah. lines I remember from the movie. So that's that. That goes to show you how, how it important that was <laughs> when I heard it.
4: Yeah, yeah. Because when I heard it again, I was like, fully did like the huh? what? <laughs> <laughs> <Again>. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah,
5: that's pretty really cool, uh, Emma. Yeah, um, I've thought about this multiple times, probably since like the second or third episode of the L Five R read through when we tried to talk about um representations celebrities or characters that we resonate with and i'm like uh resonate to me means something very specific so i can think of like positive examples of mixed race people and characters but i can't necessarily say i resonate with any of them um but i remember david usher was a big one he's a musician from the Canadian band, Moist. <laughs> but yeah, Jeremy, you've said too that you often gravitated toward musicians and yeah, yeah. and artists and other things. But David Usher was an early one where I'm like, that's a mixed race person. Mm-hmm. Uh, later, it was Takeshi Kanashiro.
2: Takeshi Kanashiro, yeah. Mm. I was like,
5: oh, interesting. Yeah, like, I was like, really jazzed about that. But he doesn't necessarily play like mixed race characters. Um, I remember being very disappointed when I found out that Spinelli from Recess was not mixed. Wait, oh, just, she was assumed, supposed to be. I just assumed she was. I assumed too. I was like, "That's cool. That makes okay. sense to me." But then they're like, "She's Italian American." I'm like, and that's like me. I know Yeah,
4: that's like me fully thinking that Terry McGinnis was like half Asian for my entire life. Uh,
1: yeah.
5: <laughs> Wait, hold up. Team. He's not.
0: He's not half Asian.
4: I assume.
2: I, he's not. He's not. He's his parents are depicted. Well, his parents are white, depicted as white, but he's supposed to be like Bruce Wayne's son. So who yeah. knows? You yeah, know. but, but the thing is, head... I've always seen Terry McGinnis as half Asian.
4: Same. Yeah. Same I as always Superman. saw him as, well. as Asian. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But then, yeah. I have a whole thing about Superman and how it's literally an immigrant story and how in is, yeah, he is. should be a person of color. Yeah. But uh, oh, yeah, the, that may be less... a different of
5: <laughs> the panel. <laughs> the Superman panel. But, yeah, the last thing I wanted to bring up is uh, something that I noticed recently was from Never Have I Ever. There's a mixed Japanese character, the Paxton Yoshida Hall or Hall Yoshida. Oh, and yeah. I, I don't like. I like that he's just a person that Mm. happens to be mixed, but is also played by a mixed actor. And one line from that show, like, I don't know if anyone would have noticed it other than a mixed person. But when the main character hears him speaking Japanese to a family member, she's like, you speak Japanese? He's like, yeah. Like, I was speaking to my grandparent. Like, I, my name's Yoshida Hull. And she mm-hmm. said under her breath, oh that's where the Yoshida comes from. I was like. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> I, felt, I felt that in my bones. Yeah. <laughs> the whole like, oh that's where that comes from. It's like ah, la, la, la. But yeah, I don't yeah. know. It's one of those things that so yeah, I,
1: I really like that show. And I like, yeah, I was also like pretty excited when I realized like, oh that's a mixed race character, and they actually like showed that. Like they had the episode where they have to do like a history project and he talks about like internment camps and how his family is Japanese and stuff. So obviously it's coming from like that side of things. But like it was cool to see him like get to express that and explore that in the show, I thought. And Mm -hmm. he's
5: kind of like the all American football he's the desirable man. And he's Asian. So it's super interesting. Yeah. Yeah. But Um... I'm not an all American football guy. (laughs) <laughs> Straight up <resonate.
1: laughs> I also love how he's another one on my little list of the the sort of like Asian himbo trope that's starting yeah. to like to combat the Asian nerd trope like yeah. him as well I forgot about him when we did our
4: costume episode when we mentioned that yeah. I love the Asian himbo trope but I also started to notice a pattern with it <laughs> yeah. Yeah. another yeah. another to- another topic because uh just very quickly but have you noticed that most of the Asian himbo tropes they are Filipino
1: really oh yeah <laughs>
4: Manny Jacinto is Jason Mendoza, the yeah. guy from the the uh, uh, what is it? What is it? Crazy Ex Girlfriend. Yeah, Josh Chan. Um, yeah. This is the only one that I probably will know. Um, there's a character named Texas in uh, Motor City. He is the biggest himbo ever, <laughs> and uh, he is Filipino. And I'm just like, well, th- okay, I like the Asian himbo trope, but why are they all Filipino? Anyway,
1: that's interesting.
4: <laughs> yeah. Um.
1: But yeah. Um. So yeah, some of my examples are so like when I was younger um and and you know still now because i love i love my trash tv i was very into america's next top model um (laughs) don't judge me i know it's trash but it's my trash (laughs) And, and there are so many problems with that show in terms of depiction of race and stuff like that but it was like like when i was a teenager it was a source of like seeing mixed race women being appreciated as beautiful which was quite meaningful like seeing contestants like naima mora and faux porter was like very meaningful for me when i was young and in my awkward teenage stage where I looked very weird (laughs) and it was just yeah seeing these women being like celebrated for beauty um and obviously there are issues with that but it was still like important to me um and then like now I think of characters like Aya from Assassin's Creed Origins and there are a lot of Assassin's Creed characters that are mixed race it's one of the reasons I like the series again sometimes there are problems with it in the depictions but Aya is pretty much just like she's just a person who happens to be mixed race rather than them trying to explore any kind of like tragic mulatto kind of trope with it. Um, And she's also like crucially a similar ish mixture to me. She's like Greek and like Arab Egyptian. uh, But then that kind of ties into my whole thing of being like Arab and Moroccan and Spanish, like Mediterranean. So there's like, there's, like, a similarity there. That's, like, one of the closest I'm ever going to get. And the other is Arben from Community. Again, it's, like, a one of the closest I'm ever going to get sort of thing, him being, like, Arab and Polish. Um, and then a comic series I really love, which we just found out is coming back in 2022, oh, is Saga. Saga. <laughs> which is really cool because they kind of, like, they do have the thing of, like, the characters are aliens. Like, the two main characters are two different species of aliens and their daughter is the, like, narrator of the series who is a mixed race character um but they are also so alana and marco her parents are also depicted as literally like in terms of the like humanish sides of them as aliens they are like both people of color Mm -hmm. Uh, alana being south asian and marco i think being like east asian um and so hazel is both mixed race in the sense of being from two different alien species but also her parents uh have the you know coding and appearance of two different kinds of people of color so she's mixed race in both those senses which i think is like an interesting thing to explore in the sci-fi genre where typically you have the half human hybrid or alien mixture being the only way in which a character is mixed race and then they're white in terms of like you know a vulcan is played by a human so obviously like they have to be a person and that's usually a white person um but uh hazel the daughter is like mixed race in both those senses which I think is really interesting and it's also just such a cool series um (laughs) (laughs) um, so yeah I I'm really glad we got to share some little like positive examples at the end um and this has been such a fun panel and I'm I'm so glad we did this and I'm also really looking forward to potential follow-up panels and thank you all so much for being here and thank you Daniel for running tech and giving us the space to do this on Asians represent um but before we go, obviously, I would love to have everyone go around and say where we can find you on the internet. Plug yourselves a little bit, because you're all awesome and you deserve to have your stuff seen. Oh, starting with me? Or oh, oh yeah, sorry. Or- let's go time. in the
0: order of the overlay. So we'll go Emma, Sonia, Jeremy, Kimchi, okay. and then Iza. Okay. okay.
5: okay. All right. So, uh, yeah. My name is... I'm Yasui. you can find me on twitter at starch so starch and archaeologist jam together uh, <laughs> i don't do a whole lot there but you know whatever uh, and otherwise i am on the asian represent discord i'm one of the moderators you can also catch me on episodes all over the place i've been on quite a few Uh, Ongoing is the Asians Read Tour, Uh, and yeah, I have done a few cultural consultation and sensitivity reads, and I'm open to doing more, with the caveat that I do focus on Japanese history and culture, as well as uh, diaspora experience and tropes, and you want someone to tell you the history of a certain representation of japanese people and culture i gotcha
4: <laughs> but yeah that's that's me uh, Yes, i am next hi everybody i'm sonia you can find me across all social media at sony baloney art you i'm most active on twitter um where you can find me just mixture of TTRPG talk art if I am able to post it and released from NDA prison um and uh yeah so um I'm part of the Unbreakable Anthology team I am hopefully uh Bon Appetit the Quest RPG uh Venture is going to come out soon. Um, As of this recording, the Baby Bestiary 2022 calendar is still going on Kickstarter, so if you want a cute calendar with cute baby fictional creatures, get you a calendar for the holidays and the new year. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yeah, um, this was a great panel and I had a wonderful time talking about it. Um, This is my first time talking um, on an Asians Represent panel and first time talking about these issues, so I hope that we can actually do a follow-up one where we talk about our characters and how played through that
2: stuff yeah you can find me online at pixel grotto Uh, that's where most of my gaming related writing is uh, located Uh, you can find my blog there where I talk about whatever I have time to talk about most recently is why I uh, thought Resident Evil Village was okay not great (laughs) Um, and you can find my more professional uh, TTRPG writing mostly at D&D Beyond at this point where I'm talking about the current books and the upcoming books Uh, and I've got articles um, down the pipeline Um, and yeah that's it basically
3: All right, Um, you can find me uh, pretty easy I make video essays at at, uh, youtube.com legal kimchi you can also find me on twitch every Tuesday and Saturday night at 930 central time where I have somebody from the TTRPG community come on and we talk about various topics uh, surrounding our our community there you can find me on twitter at legal kimchi.com you're just at legal kimchi. Um, additionally, and I forgot to mention this earlier. Uh, I also do uh, sensitivity consultation specifically for mixed race representation. Uh, I'm working on, and I'm allowed to say this, I'm working on an elf and an orc have a little babies uh, revised edition and sequel Yay! right now. Um, so hopefully they listen to me but uh but uh so you can find me on all of those things and if you're interested in more about what i have to say about this i did create a video essay specifically on being mixed race um and mixed race representation in ttrpgs and you can find that on my youtube
1: Cool. Um, and yeah, I'm I'm Iza, aka Evil Clever Dog, aka Daniel Kwan's favorite Twitter handle. <laughs> <laughs> um, I am a designer for performance, cosplayer, TTRPG streamer, content creator. Um, you can find me at Evil Clever Dog. On Twitter and Instagram, and also YouTube, where I make like cosplay and crafting videos. Uh, I recently released one, uh, the first part in like a multi-video series uh, of me making Ares from uh, the game Hades. Um, And so yeah, go check that out if you want to. Um, And I also yeah, I also stream TTRPGs um, on Monday nights on Chromatic Chimera. I'm part of No Initiative uh, streaming Quest: The Soaring City. Big up Quest! Hell yeah, Quest! And yeah, we've been on, like, hiatus for a while, but we have new episodes coming out soon, I promise. <laughs> um, and yeah, I have other streaming stuff coming up, but I don't think I can talk about that yet. But yeah, go find me on, uh, on Twitter if you want to see more about that in the future. And go check out my YouTube channel. <laughs> and you can also find me here on Asians Represent, but who knows when Chris Read al will be coming back.
0: <laughs> that just means we're going to have to do other things.
1: Yes, definitely. <laughs> uh, and hopefully so. another one of these soon who knows know. 100 let's do it um so yeah thank you everyone so much for being on this panel and thank you daniel and um just i'm i'm just so happy that we got to do this i'm yeah, like over did. the moon really um <laughs> and <laughs>
3: my people <laughs> yeah, <I'm> so- <laughs> 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 um,
1: everyone had like fantastic insights and i'm just that's the thing i love about the- these is like everyone comes here with their own knowledge to share but then we all learn something from each other that's why i love doing these asian represents panels so much like anyway i'm rambling again now um (laughs) thank you everyone so much for watching um goodbye
0: (laughs) yo that was oh that was great that, that was, was a lot. Awesome.
3: I loved it. That, that was, was a lot. Yeah,
0: um, and yeah. Wow, wow, great. Uh, I'm really excited for part two. We're gonna work that work that in. Um, we have two more episodes of Asians Represent left in this season. Um, one is a topic that like we have one slot is like kind of up in the air, um, and then another is I, th- I guess the season finale is a Wuxia episode where Agatha is taking the lead, hosting that. I'm super hyped. Yeah. I'm
1: really hyped too. Yeah. So I
0: wonder if for the first episode of November, we do a, like the follow-up to this one, or we do like a special stream where, um, you know, the folks do some character creation and talk about, um, or we just do the Janassi panel. Um, could be very interesting. Um, if we do the Janasi panel, I also want to make sure that we bring in other folks um, whose cultural backgrounds and the Janasi is very, very rooted in specific cultures. So I would like to also discuss that in the same panel. Um, so hopefully we could do the Janasi panel as a follow up. Um, I have confirmation from from everyone who was already on the stream that they want to do a follow up. So it's going to be the same folks um, plus one more. Uh, I think Iza in chat right now has just followed, just said I will do it, um, which I, I I assumed that Iza was going to host because Iza was such a fantastic host uh, alongside everyone else. Um, I wanted I noted this, you know, after we stopped recording when we did our pre recording that um, I really like how both Emma and Kim Chi kind of uh, bookended the sort of like, where can we find you on the internet by talking about the kinds of the the consulting that they do. And a big thing there, and I, I mentioned this to them personally, was that I think it's really important that when we say, hey, you know, we're cultural consultants or we do sensitivity readings. These are the things that we want to do work on. These are the things that we specialize in. Because as we've talked about so many times on the show, there have been instances when folks have just assumed that we could do Korean stuff or we could do this Japanese stuff. Um so I really like that both Kimchi and Emma brought that up. Um and they were unintentionally first and last of the guests, and then with Iza being the the final one. But yeah, I I thought that was fantastic. And it's kind of getting to the point where um we bring out Marla because it's time to shout out our amazing patrons. Um, and she made... loves it every time. Oh, Marla, Marla loves this because this is the time when the green screen also like shifts a little as Marla comes out. Um, but yeah, I wanted to really, you know, thank everyone who, you know, joined into this conversation and um you know participated in the chat. I saw a lot of really fantastic stuff there. Um I think one of the things that nobody else will get to see is just the chats that happened to prepare for this i uh, we I started like a discord like um group chat with everyone, and I look away for like three hours and it's just like poof, messages and it was just so awesome seeing everything. I could barely keep up, but these were like really interesting conversations that were taking place, and it was just a very clear indicator that this was the kind of conversation that needed to happen, but also really sad that this had never happened before. Um, so I'm super grateful of that. And we are also super grateful for our patrons who have allowed us to to do this. Upgrade Asians represent, allow us to, you know, fulfill our, our mission or try to further, you know, strive towards our our goal of wider asian representation and the mixed race conversation is very much an important part of that and i'm glad we were able to do that so thank you to all the folks who are on screen um the day one patrons those who have you know just joined on patreon special shout out to our guardians brooke bright pixel grotto jeremy shout out to jeremy my favorite dnd beyond writer i'll say it yeah <laughs> i'll say it um yeah, sorry. Uh, and Daisy May. And then of course, Marla's favorite. Oh, I gotta make space for Marla to come in. Hold up. Audio listeners, I'm so sorry. Um, here we go. Marla's screaming. She's like, I don't want to be here. Um, and for our most honorable patrons, right there. We'll go. Oh well, Marla, yep. <laughs> Marla, say hi to everyone. Um, Marla wants to say hi to all of you, um, especially the most honorable Ryan the Wizard Hall. Marla, can you say that? Almost oh, week. Um uh. Metalweave Games, also shout out to Metalweave Games for Baby Bestiary 2022 um the calendar crushing it on Kickstarter. Sonia was of course the artist on that. So special shout out to Metalweave Games, Valorous Games, Liana, shout out to you. Shout out to the most honorable Dungeon Glitch/Matt and the most honorable two times Epic Impulse. Marla loves all of you. Marla, can you say bye to everyone? no marla oh okay okay don't don't oh you can you can see the sense of betrayal in her eyes she's like why do you do this to me on the first and third friday of the month (laughs) the agents represent podcast Uh, yeah that said oh marla's freaking out she's like i'm gonna pee you good marla She's she's good All right, but that that said, thank you everyone um, for joining us for this episode of Asians 4%. Um, Here's to many more. Um, Looking forward to it, and uh, we'll catch all of you soon. Bye, everybody.